All right, here's the deal, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, this week, uh, the kids had some friends come over after school one day, and um, they picked me up from here, and then we had lunch or whatnot, and then they came and dropped me back off. And when they dropped me back off, they said, well, what do you do here? And so I started telling them, well, uh, pretty much every day I have a party. Uh, I, I eat pizza and chicken nuggets as much as I want. I get massages, and I play video games all day, too. And, of course, they said, well, can I come with you? <laughs> so then I told them what I really do, and they were like, oh, okay. Now, I tell you that because uh, all this week I have done what I typically do every single week in preparation for a Sunday morning. Uh, I've read through our scriptures more than once, more than twice, more than just a few times. I've read through commentaries and articles. I, I've read other people's sermons. I, I've, gone, I've done my own exegetical work. I've studied words, and I've looked at some forms, and I've looked at certain themes and kind of related those to other things. And I've done all that work that I usually do, all that I usually put into uh, something for a Sunday morning. I even went to some of the joke books to try to find some type of illustration to make it stand out and make it really uh, stick with some of us. And I've got to tell you, I've done all that. And this morning, I've got nothing for you. And I tell you that because I think, for me, it's because, you know, I've seen the same images you've seen this week. And I've, with myself, tried to deal with it and make sense of it and put it into perspective, at least from my faith's understanding. And I've had a hard time doing that. And there's several reasons what I figured I could do is get you to help me. Maybe when you signed up for church leadership, maybe you thought the farthest thing you'd ever have to do is help write a sermon. But uh, this morning, I think you're going to help me do that, at least in some fashion. Or at least we'll have a time maybe we can, we can think together and maybe even think out loud together if you'd be so willing to do that. But I, 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 I'm having trouble with it because I see all that and I understand at least what's going on and you know, the, the devastation and the hurt and everything that's there. And then I'm reading about the wedding at Cana. And I'm thinking, you know, I remember my wedding and I've been to plenty of other weddings afterwards. And the weddings are always nice. Always fun. There's always plenty of food, at least the ones I've been at. And, you know, maybe there's the occasional, you know, mix-up that the minister does with names, or maybe if you've been fortunate to be at the one where the, you know, the, the, the groom passes out, or the, you know, or the, you know, the bride can't stop laughing, whatever it is. You know, still there's there's so much joy in a wedding for, for a lot of obvious reasons, and and certainly we don't have any indication that the wedding that Jesus and his disciples and mother were at was any different than any other wedding. Uh, that would have happened then or, or now. And, but still, you know, the biggest problem that the writer has to tell us that happened at that wedding was that they ran out of wine. And I had a really hard time trying to, trying to relate that to what I know it's on a lot of our hearts and minds this week. You know, how do you take something so, so joyful and, and so much a part of so many of our lives, and how do you compare it to something that is just so beyond probably anything most of us can comprehend. And I guess part of the reality for me is that I, can't, I really can't do it. What's helped me a lot is that song we sang, you know, uh, when we're living or when we're dying, we belong to God. You know, in our sadness, even in our joy, we belong to God. That, that's helped me a lot. I can't say it's given me everything, but, but it's helped me a lot. And so I just want to kind of share with you some of my thoughts and 
like I said, hopefully maybe you can, you would be willing to share some of yours if you could do that. But part of the struggle I have is, it's actually sort of a confession. You know, I, I'm, I'm sitting there at home and watching TV and I'm, you know, in the morning getting ready and everything and I'm watching these news uh, stories and everything and there comes a point where I think, man, you know what, I'm, I'm done and I, I turn it off. And what do I do after that? Well, I go to the restroom and fix my hair up and brush my teeth again. Just kind of go on. Or if I'm sitting in, at, the, at the laptop, you know, I'm reading the stories, I'm seeing the pictures and reading another article, and it gets to a point where I say, nah, I can't do that anymore, and turn it off and then, you know, finish reading ESPN or, or whatever else is, is there. And that's sort of a confession for, for me because I, I, I wonder if sometimes, you know, I'm just kind of looking at and, trying to figure out what's going on, at least trying to get all the story and all the stats and everything that I, that I forget that there's real pain there. There's real pain in those people's faces and there's real uh, loss in, in what all of those people, even the ones who are going to, to sort of be a part of the recovery, there's this real loss that, that is there that we just don't realize. And I have to kind of confess to God because it also makes me think, well, John, that's one event. It's one powerful event. It's one tragic event. But what about the 30,000 people who die every day because they don't have anything to eat? Or, or what about the people who live in these war-torn places who just want to know what peace feels like, but they, they never get that chance? Or, or people who don't know what it is to be well, who don't know what it is to have healing, or even to have family. I have to ask God to forgive me for only focusing on something that just gets my attention on, on a TV screen. But then I also remember that in our living and in our dying, we belong to God. That helps me. Something else has helped me is, is, is sort of a spiritual exercise. You know I love doing those. So I'm going to ask you to do that exercise with me. If you could put yourself in uh, that wedding scenario, maybe it's your wedding or maybe it's the wedding of someone you know, just whatever, and all the, all the emotions and all the characteristics of a happy wedding, all that stuff. When you're in those moments, what is it that we need most from God? Now, maybe your answers differ from mine, but don't think that matters. Yeah. Okay, let's say the wedding's over and it's time to go home or whatever. Now, as, as best you can, you know, put yourself in on that island right now with all those people and sort of constructing your mind from the pictures and the video that you've seen of sort of what that environment's like and if you're there right now you know what is it you need from God
let's be a little more real together. I mean, let's say we're not in Haiti anymore. Let's say we're in a let's say we're in a family that is struggling so much. Um, parents are always fighting. The kids are involved in things that um, just are not good for them. You know, what, what, as you put yourself in that situation, what is it you need from God then? Maybe that's hard for you to do as well, but put yourself maybe in, in, in one of the hospitals around our community, and you know, in, in some of those rooms where, where death just seems so imminent, and um, pain and the anguish of sickness is so prevailing. And put yourself in a situation like that. What is it that you need from God at that moment? Think about being involved with some type of addiction. I mean, there's all kinds today. I mean, whether you're that person dealing with it or whether you're the family that is surrounding that person, what is it then that you need from God most in, in those kinds of situations? about being someone who's um, struggling with the idea of, of, of having lost someone in their life, uh, maybe by death or some other reason, maybe just, you know, they're just not there anymore. What is it in those kind of situations that you need most from God? Just uh, what if everything's going okay? You know, there are days like that, right? What if we just, you know, we get up and we go to work and we do what we need to do for our bosses or our firms, and we come home to our families and we spend time with them or we have activities with them, you know, in those kind of situations? What is it then that, that we need from God most?
and there's so, so many more uh, situations or, um, or, or circumstances that we can sort of construct to, to kind of get that out. And certainly maybe you know more by your personal experiences or people you know or, or what it is. And I think that's a very good exercise uh, for us as the body of Christ to, to realize what it is we can be doing by asking that question what is it that we need? What is it that people need who are in that situation? What do they need most from God? There's a, a comment that, that that haunts me and it, it comforts me as well from one of these news reports where you know, some reporter, I, I kind of wonder what's in their mind sometimes, asking someone, is there hope for you? And the person responded, there is no hope here. There's only hope when God comes back. How can we, you and I, as insignificant as we might think we are, or as unresourceful, or as unintelligent, or whatever it is we have you know, about who we are, what is it that we can do to be God? Not be a God, not be the Savior, but to be God for all those people who need so much from God, even ourselves. And I think when we learn to ask those kinds of questions and put our hearts and our minds and our efforts in those kinds of things, we, we begin to really understand what it means to be the church, what it means to be a, a professor of the Christian faith. This is not a, I believe it, I'm okay, I've got my ticket, everything's fine now. This is a way of life that transcends all understanding of, of human understanding of love or compassion or anything else, this is something that commits us to a way of life that is so unusual to anybody else who may pay attention to it. And so, friends, with that, um, I promise I'll try to do better next week. But I think maybe you know, together, we, maybe hopefully, my prayer is at least uh, we can learn something together that from this we can figure out how we can be the body of Christ for this broken world. And I'll pray that in Jesus' name.